0: That was also my problem with World of Marvel is like it's really hard to have a conversation with your table mates. Now, maybe that's their aim, you know, like people people <laughs> don't want to talk to each other. <laughs>
1: back everybody to this week's episode of the DCL Duo podcast brought to you by my path unwinding travel. And normally I would pause here and welcome my fabulous co-host, Sam, but she is conspicuously absent today. She had an event that she had to be at. And so it is just me. I am sorry, everyone out there, you're gonna have to listen to me drone on, but I am being augmented by a fabulous guest, one that we were so excited to talk to. I didn't want to delay recording with her. (laughs) So she is the Author or the co-author, I should say, of the unofficial guide to Disney Cruise Line, a frequent contributor to Touring Plans, a site that we absolutely love and use all the time, uh, and a prior guest on our show. So, welcome to Aaron Foster. Welcome, Aaron. Hi. Thanks for having me. We're excited. Well, I'm excited. Sam is excited to. Just in absentia. <laughs> in
0: absentia, got it. Okay. I'm sorry uh, to miss her.
1: Yeah. Well, you were on the maiden voyage of the Disney Wish with us, Aaron. and so excited. To, excited to get your thoughts about the Wish. I kind of gave some of your credentials up front, but you are a frequent cruiser, an avid Disney Cruise Line fan. Uh, dare I say the one of the authorities on Disney Cruise Line? <laughs> and so, how many how many Disney cruises have you been on, Aaron?
0: Uh, I sort of lost count. I'm am over 20 now. You know, so somewhere in there, so mid- mid-20s, I think. I don't know.
1: Well, there you go. That's, that is more but, than enough but, to qualify as an expert.
0: <laughs> no, but having been on the main voyage, let me tell you, I thought I had, I, you know, I mean, I go and I study and I research and I do a lot of things that I think other people who are just sailing for fun don't do. But there were some people on that ship. Um, I, I, While I was on the main voyage, I took the opportunity twice to walk every inch of every deck. And I looked at everybody's stateroom doors and there were dozens of people who were like, this is my entire, you know, resume of cruises. And there was like 107 cruises. 95 cruises and i'm like well, i know nothing
1: you know <laughs> yeah but, i i was shocked that uh when they i know they did one evening in the theater or, or for the matinee show i think it yeah. was like raise your hand for how many cruises in the, and you know no longer shocked to see the people raising their hand at you know 100 or more yeah, yeah. but was kind of shocked to see the number of people who were first-time cruisers on the maiden voyage and thinking to myself man that this is a tough crowd to be a first-time cruiser yeah <laughs> so, yeah yeah Let's dive right into the the wish. Aaron. was the maiden. Let me ask this: Was the maiden voyage your first sailing on the wish, or were you on any of the preview sailings?
0: No, I was. I was not on a preview one. Um, you know, touring plans tries really hard not to take a lot of freebies. I mean, you know, I. I, I I studied what happened on those cruises early, you know, pretty pretty um heavily. But you know, touring plans really doesn't take a lot from Disney because we want to be able to fully give our unbiased opinion and stuff. So no, that the main voyage was my first trip.
1: Yeah. No, I love that philosophy. You put the customer and the consumer first. So that's that's great. Well, pulling up to the wish boarding, what were your immediate first impressions of the ship, Aaron?
0: Uh well, backing it up, I, I was so petrified to test COVID for po- COVID positive. I mean, I did not like leave. I was wearing like a mask in the house. Like my husband went to work into the grocery store and I was like wearing a mask in the house around him, first of all. Um, and so now I'm seeing that several lines in the last, cruise lines in the last couple of days have dropped some of their their COVID testing requirements. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh my gosh. Anyway, so that w- my first experience was, please God, I have to go on this cruise um, for work and I can cannot test covid positive. So that was that I got to say that was like the most stressful part of the trip for me was like getting there. Once I got there, it was, you know, I had seen a lot of pictures from the media trip and stuff. So some of my like OMG moments were probably a little more muted than they would have been had it been my my very first like look at anything on the ship, mm-hmm. but it it was, you know, from the exterior, other than sort of like the the bump outs on some of the um, stateroom decks, it, it looks very much like a Disney ship in the best possible way. You know, it's it's beautiful from from the exterior, completely gorgeous. Uh, you know, it, it's it's lovely and uh, classic, and and from the exterior, all all is well. Interior, I, I have to say, my first impression was not great you know and i think again this was a little bit you know first day first day jitters not completely having everything together but literally the second i walked into the ship i asked about the hyperspace lounge which is the you know the star wars theme bar on board and had i not overheard other people saying get in line to get a reservation for that i would not have known so i i am happy that i overheard that conversation but before i could eat or see my stateroom or do any, you know, any, even look at the, the grand atrium business, I ended up in a two and a half hour line to get a 45 minute reservation for the hyperspace lounge. So I, I truly hope that they sort that out. Um, it, cause it's not a good look for, um, you know, particularly on something like the maiden voyage where it's your, your biggest fans, it's your, you know, all these people who have multi, multi, multi platinum, uh, and here before you can, you know, my daughter like had to run up to what I'm still calling Cabana's Marceline Market um, to get me a cookie so I didn't like pass out. So that was, that was frustrating. But once I got past that, it was, it was great fun to explore. You know, there were some parts that were wonderful on board. There were some parts that I'm sure that, you know, you have impressions that I wish Mm -hmm. they had done a little differently. But, uh, you know, overall, really good at first, except for that part where they did not have it together. Um, I wish they would hope Hopefully, switch that to some online booking if they're going to have reservations for Hyperspace Lounge because it did not feel great to just stand in line for two and a half hours before I even had a chance to like see anything on the ship.
1: I I I agree. We were <laughs> I, I completely agree with the sentiment. I I immediately thought, or my immediate reaction was, God, I miss sailing and concierge. <laughs> because <laughs> this would have all been taken care of for me by a concierge host. Uh, but we stood in that line and ended up, I thought I could just stay on the line and take care of what we needed because we were going to do some adult dining reservations and some hyperspace and ended up getting my wife to come down with our son. We both had to like divide and conquer to right, get into right. the two. So it, yeah, it was not it was not a great first impression. Totally agree. I wish they would build something into the app. I
0: mean, I, I, I think they will eventually,
1: but you know. I'm- Since we're talking about hyperspace, I'd love to get your reactions to it because my reaction to it was, I may not need reservations for yeah, <laughs> one because it yeah. was. It was not. It was not my favorite bar space on board by a mile. I don't. I don't know what your thought was.
0: No, I completely agree. Um, I was. I was underwhelmed. I did a lot of you know wee hours of the morning exploring. And I ended up sort of, you know, I mean, I'm going to use the term breaking in. But it was a, an unlocked door. I, I went in the unlocked door to hyperspace lounge one morning at like 5:35 a.m. and the hyperspace screen, like the screen in the back, was still running. And I, you know, I got some great pictures, but it was incredibly loud and incredibly barren. Um, the space. So even... again, with nobody else in the, in the bar, when just the, um, the video screen was running, it would cycle through the different worlds. And then when it would hit that hyperspace, it was a roaring loud noise, which I guess, you know, is thematic, but it made it really hard to have a conversation when I did eventually go back with my daughter and try to chat with her. And, you know, I was chatting with some of the other guests at at other nearby tables and the theming is just so underwhelming. Mm -hmm. Like I was somewhat expecting, you know, an Oga's level of, of interest or entertainment it's just like it looks like it could be an industrial cafeteria like Mm -hmm. when I was in college one summer I worked in a factory and it looked Not, uh, you know, other than the screen, not unlike the break room of the factory. (laughs) You know, I mean, there were some cool things, you know, there were those, they're sort of multicolored, like they look like in a laboratory, like, oh, they're going to be, you know, these might be the fancy drinks, but they were just decorative and everything else was just sort of steel and beige. Um, There were no... You know, my daughter was like, is Chewy going to come in and like razz us? And I was like, well, that would be fun. But no, that didn't happen. And even, you know, again, I don't know if the reservation thing is going to continue, but they were on that particular trip. And I heard the next couple of trips enforcing a 45 minute hard stop on your on your Time in the in the bar. And it was like they we were we arrived several minutes early and they seated us four minutes late, which who who the heck cares? You're on vacation. They see you four minutes late. Right. Whatever. Except for that was 10 percent of my time in the (laughs) space. you know so it's like okay tiktok waitress you know who was perfectly fine and friendly but like not fast enough for what i want like i wanted to get two rounds of drinks to see what they were all about but we only had time for one because they kicked us out and again like the drinks were sort of fun but there wasn't enough like hype or description about them i ended up getting the the one that was like the moons of endor one and it comes with like a little glow-in-the-dark sort of stamp on the top that you can't see unless they flash a, a special light on it. And it was like, that's fun. I wanted some hype about it. I want like, ooh, here's the secret message. I wanted some story. And there just it just wasn't. You know, again, maybe over time, they'll add some more decorative elements. They'll somehow link it better to the story, or they'll have a character walk through once in a while. But it was a little underwhelming um, when I experienced it.
1: Yeah, I, I we, Sam and I collectively, couldn't agree more. We had fun in there because we were with friends, and that's right. fun. But other than that, we could have been in any of the other bars on board and had just as good a time. I thought the the drink offerings were underwhelming. I thought yeah. the service you know, didn't have that character feel to it, where it's like they right. have a backstory right. or something when they're serving your drink, for sure. Uh, I actually thought, I don't know if you saw the Star Wars space in the kids club, but Man, yes, yep. that space killed it and it was like right. why didn't you just replicate this in a right, bar? Exactly. And like then we then we'd be talking about a really fun experience and could not agree more on the timing. We actually so we had two reservations so we went twice because we wanted to try some things. Got seated fairly on time. And then our server had come over and we were asking her to take a picture, you know, the maitre d' or whatever comes yeah. over and she's she's standing in front of the table blocking this picture getting taken going, what time was your reservation? Because we have a 45 minute limit. And we're like, looking at, we're just, yes, we have three minutes left and we're waiting right. to pay right. the bill, which has not been right. delivered yet <laughs> and, right. and get a picture. Like, so right. it was, I, I just found it like, it was very much like, let's go. and And I'm like, that's fine. But Kind of waiting on a check here. So, right, anyway. right, right. Yeah, no, um, I agree.
0: That was, it was one of my least, least fun places to hang out on the ship, frankly, which is sad. I I, I hope they take some guest feedback and sort of make some modifications because it has potential, but it, it just wasn't there yet.
1: Well, I want to rewind back. You mentioned that you didn't get a chance to go to your stateroom before you had to stand in that gargantuan line for <laughs> the hyperspace I did lounge reservations. Get there. Yeah. Oh, you did. But yeah, so I wanted to know your impressions of the staterooms on board.
0: You know, again, lots of goods some things that were a little a little off it's it's pretty the artwork is beautiful i had the the cinderella theme in mind which is just lovely the bed super comfortable the linens were lovely and and you know they had the little hidden mickey woven into it that was pretty um the bathroom, I, I like the bathroom. I know some people thought the ceilings were too low in the bathroom, but there's a um, a glass door instead of a shower curtain, which I liked because I'm always feeling like I haven't put the curtain in the exact right angle, and there's water seeping out. <laughs> there's none. Of, there was none of that. I
1: like that the door. I like the door open both ways too. Right. Like we thought right. that was really nice. Yeah. yeah.
0: I like the nightlight in the the toilet compartment. That was great, and I have mixed feelings about the. The refrigerator is in a drawer, as opposed to like a normal, you know, front door opening thing. We had a we had a, some leftover room service that we wanted to put in the fridge, and it took us a little while to figure out, like. There were. It comes with dividers in it so that like if you put a bottle of water in, it does fall down. It took us a little sec to realize, oh, we can move those so we can actually put a plate in there. But it felt like there was not enough. There there will be people that will not find them spacious enough, the, the drawer configuration of the refrigerator. And then my big frustration, well, there were two. I wasn't a total fan of the placement of the TV at the end of the main bed. Sometimes I like to sit on the couch and watch tv or you know my kids my kids like when they were smaller would always want to like watch the Disney movies while we were getting dressed or whatever that's not ideal and then I felt like the storage situation um for clothing was was not great and maybe it was because I because it was the main voyage and I was traveling after the trip I had a lot of stuff it was just two of us in the stateroom and there are no there's essentially no drawers it's all shelves in the closet I had brought packing cubes which helped me a lot so it was I was able to sort of like keep all my t-shirts together and whatever but if if you hadn't done that or if you had had more than two people I would have felt like there was really not super much clothing storage in the room now maybe I was on a five-day trip and I had stuff for after maybe for only on a three-night trip that might have felt different but um, I'm not sure exactly why they made the choice they did there
1: yeah, I I would also call. I loved all the outlets. There were lots more yes, outlets in yes, the room. Thought that yep. was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that the phone was actually tucked away because you use it so rarely and it wasn't yep. taking up space. I I like that the I like that the TV was big, but I agree with you. It was our son. Our son seemed okay. He was in the bunk bed watching TV most nights and it seemed okay for him. But I agree, it would have been nice if it could have pivoted or something so that you could see it better. But the storage was the biggest issue for us. And I just I don't I don't think Disney can count on people just packing for three days. I mean, three four night cruises, I would think, would have a lot of people coming over from the parks, which means right. they're well be- that's where
0: we were going. We went to the parks for five days after, you know. Uh, I did love, you know, that brings to another thing. I loved the laundry room on the ship. Yeah. Did, did you did, Yeah. we did yeah. and we ended up doing laundry and um it was great to not have to hunt for the laundry rooms. Like on the other ships, there's like three or four tucked on different, different cabin levels and whatever. And I'm always like, did I pass it? Did I not pass it? I love that it was all there. I love that it was clean. You know, I, I, I love the, um, you know, the electronic notifications that your wash is done or whatever. Um, I thought that was actually a big improvement, the laundry situation.
1: No, I couldn't couldn't agree more. I also love that it's no longer across from a room or set of rooms because, yep. yep. <laughs> well, provided endless entertainment, it can be a little frustrating as yeah. well. Yes. So, um, yep. Okay, well, aside from rooms, why don't we talk a bit about, I'm going to channel Sam because Sam is a Broadway fan. And Aaron, I know from uh-huh. having you on before, <laughs> you are a Broadway fan. I am, uh, yes. We didn't get Aladdin, but we did get "Seize the Adventure," "Seize the Adventure," and and, uh, "Little Mermaid." And so, Uh what were your impressions of the the shows? And actually, I'm going to throw in there too the Pirate Parlay Deck Party. Yeah, what were what were your impressions of those three shows?
0: Okay, let's start with the pirate one. Loved it. Thought it was fun. Lots of energy, little bit different. I do wonder, I I, I recorded it and I went back and watched it yesterday and I was like, I went back and wondered, people from different demographics would have a different take on it. It was like Kiss and Twisted Sister and Maybe the younger folks might not have known all the songs or whatever, and might not have been as hype. But me, being an old person, I kind of loved it. So I thought that was lots of fun and good energy, and I, I was I was great with that. Didn't love that the bandanas they're now charging like twelve bucks for, but you know whatever. We have we have a stock at home we can bring, and now that I know, so I thought that was that was great. Seize the sees the adventure was cute you know a couple of the songs were different than the you know there was no BR guest in it which was refreshing and um, sometimes the the jukebox shows on the Disney ships tend to be towards um you know overly sentimental or maudlin like you know tear jerkers and it it wasn't so much which I, I really liked again it was more light and upbeat and fun and I left in a really good mood which was nice The Little mermaid, I'm I'm really struggling with what to think about it. I did not leave with a good impression of The Little Mermaid. And I'm wondering it's like maybe I'm overly educated about theater or I just thought it landed wrong. You know, it sort of starts with this giant treasure chest on the stage and it's filled with costumes and props and puppets. And the people came out, the, the actors came out and they were all lovely you know they had great voices and they had good energy but the costuming was very much like i'm in a 1970s production of godspell and it's like kumbaya with like the ombre harem pants and then they're like in the treasure chest pulling out like a crowd oh a crowd it's like two let's put on a show And my daughter, who, like me, has been to hundreds of Broadway theater productions, was like, I said, like, a story within a story. What are they doing? You know, I don't know. And then I am about as woke of a human as can be. Like, I, you know, my politics are very left. And it was like, they were hammering in consent and climate change and clean oceans. And I'm like, I get it. I totally support all of these things. Yay, you. But why here? It was like taking me out of the moment. And my other quibble was, again, I thought the costuming was just kind of wrong. That Ariel, her whole like raison d'etre is to like become human with legs and feet. And she was costumed in like a skirt that ended mid-calf. So she's running and dancing and like she's on her feet the whole time. And I'm like, I get I'm supposed to suspend disbelief, but like her skirt could have been longer. You know, I don't know. It's just, I, I'm i wondering if it's me or if, I, you know, I'm being a jerk or whatever, but it, it hit wrong with me.
1: It seems to be a potentially polarizing show because Sam loved it. Uh, Sam raved about it. Uh, she tends to focus on the singing and the voice quality and 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 that sort of aspect of it. Which was
0: good. The, sta- the 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 performers were excellent, particularly the the gentleman that played Sebastian was was really you know fun and energetic, and he put some different twists on it. And so so the vocals were were good. I had no problem with that. It was like the staging was really good uh, to me. You know?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's definitely it definitely seems to be a bit polarizing out there. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I think Sam loved it, uh, but we've heard from other people who had. Other less enthusiastic view of it so you know uh they're constantly revising the shows so who knows what will happen down the future
0: can i back up also that you people have probably heard that that jody benson the voice of ariel was on that sailing and she happened to have our dinner rotation and she happened to be seated like three tables away from us so we ended up talking to her several times and it was like i think maybe also Had I not like had her vision of you know the original animated Ariel so like front of mind because of that maybe I would have been a little more sympathetic to what was happening on the stage I don't know.
1: (laughs) Well, and I wanted to echo. I thought the Pirate Night Deck Party was one of the best Pirate Night Deck Parties. I mean, actually, it was the best. Yeah, and and we we were traveling with a multi generational group. I'll just say it that way, and everyone seemed to seemed to like it. The bandana thing is interesting. Although when I saw that, I was like, it sort of instantly made sense to me because I was like, I wonder how many of these things just get thrown away at the end of a sailing and they're like yeah, looking at yeah, they're yeah. looking at the trash going, how many of these things are we throwing out? If people want one, we'll just make them buy one. But yeah. Well, let's shift gears, I guess, over to some of the onboard activities. I always like to save food for last to keep people okay. uh, interested in the show. <laughs> did you check out the Hero Zone, Aaron? And was that a good I addition?
0: Did. I did. Check out the Hero Zone. I went and walked through a couple times when it was set up for basketball. And I did see a couple of, you know, like teenage boys shooting hoops in the half court. And I walked upstairs and there's, you know, the ping pong and foosball and air hockey and another sort of tabletop kind of game up there that um, were sparsely used, but I think people have really hadn't discovered it yet. And then I also went for the Chip it Golf just to see what that was, the Diaper Dash, and then the IncrediCourse. And the Course, my daughter and I ran it, it was it was fun and freaking harder than it looks man you know
1: <laughs> yeah one one member of our party was bruised and broken after doing yeah, that I yeah mean, <laughs> like,
0: I, i've been trying to work out lately and there was like i felt the next day a little like sore in muscles that i didn't know i had i was like oh that's really actually a workout <laughs> but i thought i thought it was a blast the one thing that people should know is that you have to be wearing socks to do it you can't be wearing shoes or barefoot. And I happened to not have socks. So we ended up having to run back to the stateroom to get them. I mean, it was, it was plenty of time, but, if people are on their way up there to do the in credit course, they should they should bring socks. It was fun. I thought it was a blast.
1: I just love that it's an enclosed space now and they can make different uses of it. And and I think moving some of the stuff that they would otherwise do in the atriums to there frees up the atrium for like I noticed we went up for Jack Jack diaper dash yeah. and on the way I passed through the atrium like they're still doing character meet and greets, which right. they would normally not be able to right. do because the atrium is taken. I, I yeah, I love that. I love that space. What about the pool deck? Let's head outside and talk about the pool deck for a second. Another polarizing yeah space. We loved it. I thought it did a really good job of spreading out the crowds, but I don't know what your impression of it was.
0: It, it spread out the crowds. It made viewing things like the sail away party and the pirate party made that much easier because there were more levels where there were good views and that sort of thing. I'm not somebody who generally goes in the pools just because it, it feels claustrophobic to me. Some of the pool, I, I like that they were spread out pools. A couple of the pools are just literally like three inches deep. And I think it's to like sort of you know, cool off your ankles. And we found that when we just tried to, like my daughter had flip-flops, she walked into the, one of the three-inch deep ones to cool off her feet when we were walking by. And it was was too hot, the water, um, which we thought was interesting. You know, there's good and bad. I do wonder a little bit about the accessibility for people with mobility issues, given that there are so many stairs and so many levels.
1: I did see lifts. So I saw lifts on the, on the stairways that would take a wheelchair up to the various levels because I, I had the same thought. And then someone pointed out like, what's that thing there? And I'm like, oh, that's a wheelchair lift.
0: But other than that, I I think it's a positive. And I think, you know, we we didn't encounter there weren't so many kids on that sailing but you know you i think you're less likely to encounter the situation where you know it was a an accident in the pool and they have to shut everything down and people are upset because there are so many other sort of little places to splash around that people will be less angry or something like that you know which will inevitably happen happens
1: yeah yeah i i love that they gave you so many variety of pools like there were the smaller swimming pools on the upper area there was the bigger one next to the screen and then i thought it was a little bit genius of them to do those shallower pools because i was thinking Mm -hmm. about all the people who want to just sit on the edge of the pool and dangle their feet picking up that space and now it's like well here's a place where you can go just cool off in a pool (laughs) but yeah did you go
0: up to i think it's deck 14 to see that chippendale pool the quiet pool
1: we we did, and it seemed like it was constantly empty. I don't know. Oh, I saw <laughs> yeah. some
0: people in it, but I thought that was a nice addition. Like, because there are there are people who are you know overstimulated by just the the funnel vision and the you know the music and and the, the the bustle down on the regular pool deck. So there is a quiet place for people who are not adults to enjoy some pool time, which which I really like that addition.
1: I, I I love that they just had so many options. Like, I think that that's that's really fantastic. What about the uh, what about the adult infinity pool, Aaron? Did you make it back to the adult space? I
0: I did make it back to the adult space.
1: A little bit of a little bit of Carnival Cruise Line on Disney Cruise Line yeah, was my opinion it was, of it. <laughs> you
0: know, again, maybe this was just that particular trip because there was you know the the ratio of kids to adults was very skewed towards adults. It was incredibly packed; could barely get near it. Those infinity pools are gorgeous, but super super tiny. I. I Took pictures of all the signage. I think the capacity is like twelve people, and it was not. It was noisy up there, and some of the like lounge seating in the adult area is directly under the Aquamouse, blasting music. So if you're trying to like read or take a nap or whatever, it was. It, it felt very cramped up there. I was actually just looking at when can I go back because I want to go back and see what it's like on a on a trip that has a more typical adult-child ratio, you know, like maybe it's not going to always be quite that frenetic, I hope.
1: Yeah, I, I hope so too. I, I My frustration with the adult area was how small it was because on some of the other ships, there's a nice sizable kind of area for the adults. Um, Cove Cafe is back there, by the way. I don't know if you Popped I, I in did. There. I got.
0: I got coffee there.
1: Yeah, I felt like a big change from what the other ships. Or uh, not a big change, but much smaller, and some things it felt cramped. It didn't feel like it was laid out great. It for felt the,
0: cramped, and the lack of food. Food up anywhere on that adult area is really frustrating. Like if you want a snack you've got to haul down to the chicken nugget place and get something down there. So the fact that there's not even notches to pay for in the Cove Cafe was strange. I thought a really strange thing that they were missing an opportunity. You know, again, if they don't want to have freebies, like buy a sandwich, buy a salad, buy something, um, people would spend money, you know, they're up there. They don't want to leave their comfy, you know, lounge chair or whatever. So I, th- I thought that was an odd choice.
1: Well, especially the access to that adult area is one way because the Aquamouse blocks the other path out. So, yeah.
0: You know, on the plus side, I suppose there's not kids walking through all the time like there is, say, on the Dream, you know. Yeah, it was, again, I feel like there were some parts, It's like some parts are really lovely and some parts of the ship are like, the people who designed it had never been on a cruise before or something. I don't know.
1: What about the Aquamouse? Erin, did you get a chance to try out the Aquamouse and what was your impression? I
0: did go on the Aquamouse. The slide is fun. I kind of like the the version um, without the movie screens on some of the other ships better because you were just in this tunnel and going fast and water squirting at you. So it was sort of hard to follow like, I know that there's a continuous story to these movie screens, but I was more, you know, there were too many other things going on for me to really pay attention. And I like on the other ships when there's more of the time where you're looking out at the water. Um, it seems a little more scary, fun. I don't know. You know, it was a good ride. It was it was a nice length. It was, you know, the rafts work well. It's nice that you don't have to move your raft anywhere. It was good, but not great. That was my my impression.
1: Yeah, I I... I'll just say across the board, what I appreciate is they tried to do some new things because I yeah. didn't want to just, I didn't want to just step foot on like a larger version of the fantasy or the dream right, I wanted right. to see. So I, I appreciate they tried something new. I agree that long hill conveyor belt thing. I ultimately enjoyed the ride, but I don't think it's like my top ride on right, Disney Cruise right. Line for sure. Yeah.
0: No, I'll go on it again, but it's not like if the, if the line is more than 20 minutes, I'm not going to hang out just, just for that kind of thing.
1: Well, we need to take a quick pause in the action here to thank our amazing show sponsors over at My Path Unwinding Travel. You know, Sam and I have gotten to know the agents over at My Path Unwinding Travel over time, and they are just so knowledgeable, so wonderful, so responsive, so welcoming. They have a great set of communities built on Facebook where they answer people's questions. We know that if you decide to book your next vacation with My Path Unwinding Travel, you will have a wonderful, wonderful experience. So if you are looking to book your next fabulous Disney Cruise Line vacation and adventures by Disney vacation, maybe you've been eyeing an all inclusive resort vacation. Head over to www.mypathunwinding.com DCL Duo to book your next fabulous Disney vacation. We know you'll have a fantastic experience, and with that, back to our episode. Uh, Let's talk about some of the other spaces on board. Uh, you know, big change was Luna and Mm -hmm. the sort of two story theater space. I'll be transparent. We did not make it into Luna very often, primarily because it was just packed and we just didn't feel comfortable being in that space uh, all that much. But I don't know if you had any thoughts on Luna based on what you saw.
0: Yeah, we, we, I, we actually did spend several, um, do several events in Luna. We did, um, couple rounds of bingo, and we did a majority rules game. I found Luna, if you're downstairs... Luna's good. If you're upstairs, Luna is completely untenable. So I don't know if people don't know, Luna, which is sort of takes the role of like the D lounge on some of the other ships as a multi-use space, is broken up into two levels. And there is no internal staircase between them. So if you want to go from level, you know, the lower level to the other, you have to walk down a, you know, several dozen yards to the stairwell or elevator and then back down the hallway. So it's not an insignificant trek to go from one level to the other. The sight lines on the second level, you can't see the main screen from a lot of places. You can't see the stage from a lot of places. And then when we tried to do the game majority rules, it involves a lot of like running to give slips of paper to the to the game host. It's not possible to do that if you're on the second level. And there's no indication of that until you're already sitting down. So I, it's... It's a very strange setup for a multi-use place when the second level is really only for observation and and um, the first level is really where you can participate. And then a lot of people, the second level is is like sort of open air to the hallways. A lot of people were complaining that it makes the noise in the hallway louder. And then for things like the the mating the dating game, I'm like spacing on the name of it, but match your mate. You know, there's sometimes a little like PG-13 plus language. Like a kid walking by could hear it. You know, generally that doesn't happen until after nine, usually after ten at night. So it's not like a they're always toddlers walking around, but I, I felt that was a space that was very strangely designed.
1: Yeah, and so it's interesting is I I kinda like the setup. We didn't get to experience it. So I have to say I want to go back on and actually get a chance to really experience the space. But when I walk through it, the introvert in me love the upstairs because
0: yeah, yeah. sometimes I want to,
1: sometimes I want to watch the game, but I don't really want to participate heavily in the game. And so that's,
0: yeah, that's a fair point. It's definitely a fair point.
1: And, and I loved, I actually liked the, the, the spaces that intrigued me were the booths that seemed to have TVs kind of in the, the cubby alcove area for the booth, so you could kind of watch yeah. what was going on on the TV and be having maybe a drink with some friends, but not really have to be like paying attention and actively engaged. So I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what they do yeah. with that. I I was curious how it would work with bingo because I figured with bingo, with all the screens and all the space, it, it might it might be a better venue well, for we that. We try but to I play know.
0: bingo. At at the oh, that was packed. top <laughs> level, it was it was packed, and part of t- yeah, you know, we play a lot of bingo, and part of the fun is like seeing this the people who stand when they're one one number away, and you can't see half the people who are standing with you on the wrong levels. To me, that sort of dampened the the fun of that event a little. You know, we'll we'll see how it shakes
1: out. I think one observation we had was that the ship seems to take a large capacity and some of the larger spaces on board the other ships and break them into what we've called like more intimate spaces on right. board. So You've got that big right. Luna lounge, but then you've got the little Triton theater right. where they're the, doing karaoke yep. and things like that. Um, yep. it, did, some of the venues off of Luna, like the Triton theater, the two, they have now two movie theaters instead of one. How did you find those spaces?
0: Triton again, I was a little, uh, karaoke is another thing that my family does a lot of. And, um, On some sailings, and it was, again, again, because the adult-child ratio might not have been properly balanced on that particular sailing. On some of the sailings that we've been on, karaoke has been popping with the, you know, the sort of six to 12-year-old set. And Triton's was not a big space for that. Uh, I'm curious to see how that will, will shake out. I went in the movie theaters and I took pictures and video and stuff. I did not watch a film. My daughter did. She she found it to be comfortable. And if it lets people, um, you know, if it lets them show more different movies at different times, I think that's great. Some people said the seating was not as comfortable as they had wanted. I They looked like good seats to me. I did not experience that.
1: Well, let's talk for just a second before we get to food about... Shopping for the Disney Wish. I think there's been a lot out there about the fact that my lord, they have a ton of high end retail on this ship in a way that I don't think we've seen on the prior ships.
0: Really high end, and like,
1: (laughs) yeah. What did what did you think, Aaron?
0: I guess I, I don't know who who the target is. I think, you know, I know that those places are leased out to sort of third party vendors, pretty much. I think Disney would sell a lot more stuff and make more money if they made a couple, you know, half of the super luxury shops be more t-shirts and Disney cruise line tchotchkes. I don't know. Uh, I personally, you know, I think the most expensive thing I've ever bought on a Disney ship. I did buy a watch maybe eight or nine years ago for something on the order of $600. And that was like a big, weird splurge for me. Who are these people that are buying like the the Gucci bags and the $50,000 necklaces and whatever? I mean... God bless, have fun, invite me along. I'll, you know, uh, <laughs> I'll carry your luggage for you. <laughs> but it was a lot, a lot of square footage. Like the entire length of the bayou was just luxury stuff. Uh, it was interesting, you know.
1: Yeah, I, I wonder if they'll ultimately reclaim some of that space and shrink that footprint a little bit. I mean, what was telling to me as well is really two things. One, one of the stores, you know, was carrying like un-Disney branded like Vineyard Vines wear and... Well, there's always Prime a little bit of that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I, I was looking at that going, I mean, I actually have several Tommy Bahama shirts that are Disney branded. Like, where are those, right? Like, why are those in the store? And then, but I also noticed they had displays of just inaugural merchant, like n- inaugural t-shirts and inaugural sailing and maiden voyage stuff were on the main. I was like, I was like, th- this is also interesting because there's you know, like, why would I, why would I think to come here to buy the maiden voyage t-shirt, I guess, but I, I'm, I'm hopeful that they might, you know, look, it's going to be a while Re- until this ship gets, yeah, it's going to be a while till this ship gets any kind of reconfiguration, but, but when they do, I'm wondering if they'll reclaim some of that space. Perhaps if Hyperspace Lounge stays as popular as it is, I know some of that retail backs right up against it and they would knock right. out a wall um, yeah. and and expand but yeah one last thing i want to ask you about before we get to food because there's so much to talk about with food is lots out there about the promenade deck and i don't know uh-huh. if you went out there and took a walk around i, I, I did a couple tried. times
0: i tried <laughs> <laughs> i had seen some people on, on the media sailing that sort of do a lap around with the stairs going through the outdoor spa area, but those were blocked off. And so I went out and tried to do that at least half a dozen times and never made it more than like a semicircle around. And I saw this one poor guy who was clearly training for a race, just doing lap back and forth on one side. You know, even if you wanted to be, you know, take an evening stroll and you were okay with doing the stairs, which by the way, were really steep stairs. Most of the time, one end of it or the other was blocked off and sort of locked. It was, that was, it's sad. That is the Overall, overall, the saddest, most inexplicable part of this ship is that you cannot take an outdoor lap around. You can't take a stroll in the evening. It's it's baffling to me.
1: Yeah, we, we made it... So, I mean, you can't go rear at all because that's where the restaurants are. So it's completely blocked back there. But we did make it up the two sets of stairs into the front of the ship a few times. I agree with you. Those stairs were steep. I also think that when the ship's moving... The wind off the front of it is nothing to trifle with. So, like your your headwind when you're if you're trying to run that, assuming you can get up the stairs. Uh, and and I I did not realize it was two sets of stairs until we got on board because I think a lot of folks thought it was one. The other thing that was baffling to me was I would get up the stairs, I'd walk all the way to the front of the ship, I'd, you know, take some pictures. Uh at one point I was like, I could actually just step out in front of the, the bridge camera here and wait. Yeah. If I wanted, because it's like right on a pole right there. <laughs> but then I would go back down the other side and when I get down the first set of stairs, there's a door there. And I thought, oh, I can just go back in here and I'd open it and suddenly I'm just in the spa. Like there's yeah. there's no sign that says crew yeah. only, or do you want to enter something like that it was like That Like, this is also kind of weird because now I'm just in the middle of the spa. I I actually like I kind of like the change a little bit, but I, I feel like Disney could accommodate a running space on maybe the upper deck of the ship in some I way. I feel but.
0: like they almost don't want you to think you're on they're they're getting rid of the maritime aspect of it. They don't want you to think you're on a ship. You're I've heard castle at sea, hotel at sea, like that's great, but you are on a ship.
1: Yeah. When you want <laughs> like a connection you, I want a connection back, right? right? Yeah.
0: Right. Like some of the doors that went from I guess it's deck four out. Are not even glass, like so that if you didn't know it was a door, you would just walk right by it, you know. um.
1: Well, let's shift over to dining. And sort of, I would say there are four categories of dining for me. So let's start with quick service dining. What were your impressions of the new, is it Mickey and Friends Marketplace?
0: Loved it. Loved, loved, loved it. That was one of my new favorite things. I like the Mexican and the barbecue and, um, you know, they need to pick up the pace a little with the service and the pizza was sometimes out of stock, but I think that's just like, you know, first, first trip jitters kind of thing. Um, but I thought the the food was quite good and, and I liked having the variety and I liked that you could customize particularly the Mexican quite a bit. And I liked the salsa station and the barbecue sauce station. I thought that was like lots of fun. Love to go there. Be back soon. You know, it, it was great.
1: Yeah, I I thought this was some of the best quick service food in the fleet. It probably the best quick service food in the fleet, to be frank. Marceline Market, what did you think? Aaron?
0: <laughs> I thought some of the food was pretty good. Like at lunch, they had this little charcuterie plate that was like kind of what you would get up at Palo, um, which was delicious. I think I, I thought the food was pretty good. I thought the the way the service ran was a little challenging because there's no it's. Unlike cabanas in the old days and back to back to being now, it's not it's not self-service buffet, which there are plenty of reasons why that can be problematic for some people like the germs and and that sort of thing. But so they're the, the cast members are serving you like you point, you know, I want a, some mac and cheese. I want a piece of turkey, whatever it is. They they will put it on your plate, but there are no trays. And again, that's a little bit of a challenge for me, because if you're a person I, you know, I had three kids and we would go on these cruises and sometimes my husband would be doing one thing and I'd have the three kids. You end up with like, if you want mac and cheese at one station and you want a salad at another station, that's a couple plates. And if you've got one adult and several kids and a crap ton of plates, there are, there are cast members that will help you. But then like, you're like, you you don't want to always be asking for help. And we actually found, you know, I was with my daughter that she would go get a plate of something put it on a table, go back to get like even the condiment for the thing that she had gotten because she didn't have enough hands. They were starting to clear the plate that she hadn't even touched yet. <laughs> so so that was a little frustrating. Um, I thought the food was good. I, I don't think the service quite worked i don't know mostly because there were so many plates involved and no trays
1: yeah i mean the, the winds that we saw were i i don't know if the space is smaller or not than what cabanas is it was hard to kind of get a feel for that because they really have tried to break up the ship into little spaces but i, I sort of like the theming a little bit more It felt a little bit more upscale than what cabanas mm-hmm, yeah. is my biggest fault with it was just i expected something different like all the hype around it was about these like food stations oh my god yes yeah and 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 I walked in, I was like, this is Cabana's. This it's is Cabana's, Cabana's food. We yeah. just we
0: just called it Cabana's, like uh, two seconds in. You know, I actually went back and have, have been reading some of the hype that Disney put out. And it was like 10 stations, each themed to different movie characters. And at Alice's station, you'll get, you know, the eat me little cakes and whatever. There was absolutely none of that. It was Cabana's, <laughs> you know. There wasn't as much outdoor seating, which was a little frustrating. But I liked the, like the coffee bar that sort of bisected the two halves of it. That was, it was nice that you could get your fans coffee right there anyway pros pros and cons
1: yeah for sure it's
0: it's upscale cabanas
1: um yeah and i i guess i loved all the coffee bars throughout the ship because that's one thing like on the other ships it's always like okay one of us is going to cove cafe to get the coffee and the other one's headed someplace to get breakfast and then we meet up so yeah all right, let's shift over to main dining. So three new restaurants on board the Disney Wish. Where would you like to start, Aaron? Should we start with 1923, perhaps?
0: Sure, sure. 1923 is is pretty. I hadn't gotten the memo that people were dressing like the Roaring Twenties, but it was it was <laughs> nice to see so many people in like flapper costumes on their 1923 night. I think the food at 1923 was genuinely good. Like I had the was like a duck pastry for one of my appetizers and I thought it was truly like delicious even even outside of a you know a cruise setting or whatever I thought I thought the food preparation was excellent I kind of like that there were two separate dining rooms there cuz it cut down on the noise a little um I had a I my experience with 1923 was all good.
1: Yeah, I was I was completely blown away by the steak cuz I, when I cut into it I was like, "Oh, like this isn't like well done or yeah. even, like it's been per- yeah. it's been perfectly cooked and I don't know how you pull that off with catering food." So I thought that was really Yeah, really I was
0: fun. I was impressed by 1923.
1: Yeah. My prediction is that on the next ships we might see a 1955 and a 1971 and they'll be themed out to the theme parks. So that's kind of that's kind of my prediction maybe. Okay. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, I have no inside knowledge, zero inside knowledge about this, but just sort of, i playing with the dates. I think would be fun, and to do a little bit different theming on the other ones. Okay, M- World of Marvel, which I, my other prediction is, World of Marvel is the new animators palette for this version, you mm-hmm. know, 2.0 mm-hmm. of version 3.0 of the fleet, and we will see World of Marvel or Worlds of Marvel, I should say. Sam always corrects me. Worlds of Marvel on each ship. I'm hoping it will be a different show on each ship. Uh What did you think of Worlds of Marvel and The Wish?
0: Again, this was another one where I went back and looked at Disney's hype and it wasn't quite what the hype that it was going to be. Yeah, where
1: was the food? Where was the food growing and shrinking? Right, yeah.
0: right, exactly. <laughs> you know the the film with Paul Rudd and Evangeline Lilly. It was the film was super cute. The food was fine. It wasn't particularly superheroish in a way that I had wanted it to be, but it was it was fine. The problem to me with World Worlds plural of Marvel is that it doesn't feel super repeatable to me in that even with the animator's palette, you either, you know, you, you draw your, your drawing on the placement, and you can make it different every time. Or if you're in the version with Crush, like Crush talks to different people in different ways every time. So it's a little, there's a little variety. That film in worlds of Marvel is that film. So you go back and you're getting the same thing again and again and again. And I'm not sure that may be the day where people who are frequent flyers on The Wish may choose to go to Palo that day or whatever. Um, So I, I think it fell slightly short of the mark they advertised maybe they'll tinker with it some more. It, it was cute. It was a fun experience. Not a super repeatable fun experience.
1: I totally agree. And that's that's the conversation we had at our table at dinner was whether this was a repeatable experience for exactly the reasons you you just suggested. And I actually had a friend who we were talking to and I was like, well, you could, I mean, they could update the show. And, and he sort of mentioned, how much do you think they invested in making this one? Like, right, I don't think they're right, going to exactly. update it anytime soon, <laughs> yeah. especially in a three and four night sailing. And I was like, yeah. Right. I was super bummed. They have a model for the food from California Adventure with Avengers Campus right. and Pim's right. Test Kitchen and all the fun drinks at the Pim's Test Lab and, all. Yeah. and so like I was like why why didn't we why didn't we figure out fun ways to play with the food in the way you did there right yes. um, so yeah I thought thought that was kind of interesting well that leads us with Frozen uh-huh. and Arendelle what did you think about the Frozen experience in Arendelle.
0: We ended up having a table right next to the stage, which I think helped my impression of it because we were right up against the performers who were doing a great job. They were lovely, you know, frozen. We love the frozen music. It it was great. And we like the um, animatronic Olaf, although I hear that he was having some glitches in the sailing after ours. Uh, It's it's a long loud show and if you're not into frozen you're a little stuck that was also my problem with world of marvel is like it's really hard to have a conversation with your table mates now maybe that's their aim you know like people people don't (laughs) want to talk to each other i thought the show was really cute i thought the performers were excellent i happen to love sort of scandinavian-ish food so i i had a good experience with there i heard some rumblings that other people didn't like it though so you know to each his own
1: I think it's tough. I think your your observation up front is the right one, which is I think it's a, there's there's some challenging sight lines in yeah. that restaurant, yeah. and and overall uh, I think I alluded to this earlier. Overall, I thought the restaurants were cramped. I thought yeah. that the I thought the servers were having a really hard time. Getting to tables, delivering yeah. food, especially in that frozen restaurant. But I, th- I think that frozen show really depends on where your where, table where is. Where you are, yeah, yeah. I did love that the characters came around. I wasn't expecting that, and so it's like every right, table got a right. little interaction with them. I thought that was fun, but yeah, we um,
0: we um we had some cute chats with them, and and I was frankly shocked that we were allowed to talk to them because there was no other character interaction like up close anywhere else on the ship that I You know, I met I met. Black Panther and Spider-Man. And it was like, you got to be four feet away, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, the one thing that caught my eye in Arendelle was uh, actually two things. One is the hallway leading in. Initially, I was like, is this like an illusion that it feels this long? But I was like, we are walking forever to get to this restaurant. The other thing I noticed was on our last day when we had breakfast in Arendelle, uh, they had the windows open off the back of the ship, which I, I super appreciated because on the other ships, I feel like you've got enchanted gardens sometimes the windows are open sometimes they aren't but to have that view off the back from a restaurant i thought was kind of kind of nice
0: okay i i, I only went in the evening so um that's nice to know i'll look out for that next time
1: yeah, it kind of, kind of hearkened me back to some of the other ships that we sailed on early on where, you know, they, their dining rooms are on the back and they have those big aft windows. Well, the last category of, of dining we have to talk about is adult dining, Erin. Did you did you experience Enchante or Palo at all? I experienced
0: looking in the rooms. I did not <laughs> experience the food. Um, I'm sure people have heard it, how challenging it was to get um, adult dining reservations. And again, like with the hyperspace at the beginning, I waited in a very long line to put a, get myself on a waiting list. I think the waiting list had sub Waiting lists of um, no, but I did not get to dine there. I spoke to several people that did. The rooms were beautiful. I did full walkthroughs of both of both rooms. I thought Palo was beautiful. I liked some of the updates. When I walked through Enchanté, I felt Enchanté felt more like being in a spa than the spa did. It was everything was white and and creamy. The the carpeting. It's sort of like an ocean blue with like gold and white like you're on the sea foam. But then the, the chairs and the tables and everything else is either very white, like a little bit cream or gold. And it, it felt very elegant, but almost a little Sterile in a way. I, I would be super afraid to order red wine there lest I spill it on all the white things, you know?
1: No, for sure. Well, yeah, we got to do the dining up there, both dinners, both brunches, not all on the maiden. We had to push one onto the DC cruise but we got we got lucky. I, I, jealous, yes. <laughs> I liked Palo. I liked the space of Palo. Enchante was challenging for me, especially in the first room, just because we had a table near the chandelier and it almost felt like we were just sitting in the lobby of the restaurant uh-huh. and almost yeah. having dinner which is a little little weird. Um, And a a friend of ours commented that the whole setup back there from the Rose into uh, the restaurants, Palo Enchante, it sort of felt like converted hallways more than it felt like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. bespoke spaces. And, and after, after he said that, I was like, Oh yeah, now I kind of see it. Uh, But we we
0: did have a drink in the Rose and it, It did feel like you were leading somewhere. We were lucky enough to be seated like at a, at a section of two facing out toward the ocean, which mitigated some of that, but I definitely see that point.
1: Yeah. I thought the entryway into the rose is gorgeous. That, that set up with the table and the right. It's gorgeous. Gorgeous. Well, Aaron, before I get to, I have, I have sort of one, one, ultimate question for you, but, uh, is there anything <laughs> we didn't cover on the ship that you wanted to make sure folks knew about? Like
0: I've, I've been, I've been working on the new book. And so I, things are pretty, <laughs> pretty fresh in mind. Oh, one thing I didn't mention about the staterooms that I thought was really good. There are robes in the staterooms, which I loved. Um, there aren't in, in like the sort of non-concierge rooms on the other ships. For some reason, that to me made, made it feel like a more elegant experience that there are robes. I, um I think you know I think we got most of the highlights but yeah it's it's I'm really I've been doing a lot of sort of soul searching about like if I were a newbie would I have you know even uh, half the complaints you know not even really complaints but but issues that I have like I would not have necessarily you know noticed things like the the missing running track had I never been on a ship before so I think if you're a first time cruiser it's a fabulous experience um I think it's something that may take some Veteran DCL cruisers a little bit to get used to. Yeah,
1: I think that I think that's a great way to put it. Like like the storage issue in the staterooms is something that anyone would find challenging, yeah, regardless yeah, of if you see yeah. it or not. But like I try to approach it as the ship layout here is totally different. I have to just kind of stop and not expect it to be different. Right, I'm going to get right. lost. I need to read signs, you know, yes, that sort of thing. Yep, so, yep. yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, Aaron, my ultimate question for you is uh, we know from talking to folks on board that they are already in the, the midst of, of building and planning for the next two ships. Uh, and we know that there are plans to make changes based on the feedback that's happened. So, if you could give you know Disney Cruise Line three recommendations for things that they need to change on ship number six from the Wish, like what what would your recommendations be?
0: Less of the tiny tiny spaces, I think, is my overall thing. You know, make make more more room for the the bars and less room for the luxury goods, although I'm sure there's a financial reason for that. Bring back the walking track. Yeah. Keep, keep with the good food and make, make some of the restaurants more replayable. But, but I think that they're listening, you know, I mean, I've seen a lot of, you know, I, I, filled out my, you know, sometimes I even like blow off the comment card, but I filled out my comment card very assiduously. You know, I was like, this, these are my comments here. I want you to hear them. Um, And I think a lot of people have, and I'm sure that they're listening. So, I mean, what what would your three be?
1: I mean, my three, I think they have to fix the storage in the staterooms. I think there's just not enough storage on board. And I don't know who made the decision to buy those like gigantic hangers for the closet, but they were (laughs) like comically huge. It's like six sport coat hangers. I'm like, where's the regular... Funds.
0: Right. Well, and plus like because there's no storage, you want to hang up things like your t shirts and it's like okay, sure. Yeah. <laughs> or if you've got little kids, you know, and you want to hang up like a child's dress, like we forget it, you know.
1: Yeah, I, I don't I don't see how people could store their clothing for like in a four person stateroom or five person. I don't know how you would have enough room for clothing unless you're just keeping stuff in your suitcases under under, under the, the bed. bed. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um
1: so I, I think that's one thing they have to fix. I, I absolutely think they, they need to reclaim some of the retail space for just a little bit more guest, you know, bar space or whatever it is. So I think that's one thing. And then I, I, I think they have to find a way to reclaim some of the restaurant space to make them larger. I think they're just mm-hmm. so cramped. I mean, I've yeah. never felt, I've never felt like I've been sitting that close to another table than when I did in Arendelle. Like I could have, I could have reached over and grabbed something off the person's plate next to me, which is, it feels weird,
0: particularly in the COVID era. You know, like when some people do want to keep a a little bit of distance from others.
1: But I thought I th- look, I thought we thought overall fabulous ship. We already have plans to be on her next year in April and in August for some back to back sailings. And so looking forward to it. I agree with you. They gotta keep that that food quality, the bar has been raised. <laughs> so like, I'm yeah. actually worried I'm actually worried now, how do you up the up the offering on the other ships right, because right. if you've been on the wish and you come to the wonder now, you're gonna be like, ooh, this right. is okay. Uh so you you know, one other it's one last question I have for you, Aaron, because you you follow the cruise line and you you look at the numbers and the spaces and all this sort of stuff the decision to double the capacity on concierge do you think that that was the right thing to do from a guest experience perspective because we've heard we've heard that concierge sailors for instance didn't actually get some of their adult dining requests which seems oh gosh aw- seems awkward when you're paying that kind of money to sail wow. What's your impression of the decision to really double those concierge rooms on the show? I mean,
0: I assume that they were doubling the service. It's hard when you're trying to get, you know, a cabana on Castaway Key or a reservations or whatever. It's frustrating if you're a, a regular guest. It makes you feel, you know, I am the second class citizen. It's I'm sure it's a financial decision. I'm sure frustrating for the, the the regular folks. But if but if you're paying the concierge money and not getting the the service that you you know you think you're buying, then that's that's a real that that's a bummer for them, really. Yeah, that sounds very frustrating.
1: W- would you keep, by the way, in this vein? Would you keep the tower suite, or would you try to reclaim that for some sort of guest space? I mean, it's sold out, so I doubt it's going yeah. anywhere. But, but yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm trying to think what they, you know, like it, on another ship, it might be like one of the teen clubs or something like that. I
1: actually thought the kid spaces on board were fantastic. Oh, my, we didn't um, even
0: talk about the kid spaces. Yeah, so I, yeah. great, the kid spaces were great. And like, I wish we could rewind and have my kids be seven again to experience the kids spaces, which were phenomenal.
1: Yeah, we couldn't, we couldn't pry our son out of the kids club. Like we'd go down there and check him out and be like, could I have another hour? Yeah, (laughs) yeah.
0: Again, and also, you know, the, the demographic is different. Like I'm an old person with, you know, my kids have just graduated from college. So I think if my kids were in in those kids clubs and happy, 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 I'd be thrilled with my vacation, you know? So again, it's a lot of, you know, who you are and what your expectations are. I, you know, people have been pretty critical and there are some things that they could fix, but but overall it's a beautiful ship and and the food's good and, you know, what could be wrong when you're at sea? I just, you know, people want to make sure they're getting the value for the money that they're paying. And it is quite an upcharge for the wish over, say, the dream for very similar itineraries.
1: Yes, uh, for sure. Uh, having, paid, having paid some of these expenses now for future, cruises, it is amazing what seven nights on the Wish will cost you on a per night basis in the same category of room on one of the other ships. It's a yep. huge huge yep. And, and in some cases the regular room or the like the veranda room on the Wish for seven nights is enough to pay for a concierge sailing on some uh-huh. ships. So yep. So yeah. yeah, so yeah, it's, it's an expensive ship for sure. Well, Aaron, we're big fans of the unofficial guide. We can't wait for the next edition to come out. any uh, any inkling of when the the next guide will be hitting the shelves with the wish as a part of it?
0: Yes, it should be out um, in the late fall. so we're actually furiously writing right now and getting it to the editor um, uh, hopefully November. The early December at the latest, so not too far away.
1: Well, we we can't wait to pick up our copy. And uh, if you have not checked out the unofficial guide, it is a source of all kinds of great knowledge about uh, Disney Cruise Line. Something we love to to peruse uh, anytime that uh, we're going to sail. And touring plans, also a great blog over there. Uh, if you're interested in more information, I know Aaron's a regular contributor to their blog, and so lots of great information over there on the cruise line and many many other things like the parks, which we try to avoid on this show because they've just gotten too complicated <laughs> uh, for us. Uh, to cover, we stick with the cruise line, which seems to be uh, maintaining its low level of complication. <laughs> but Aaron, we truly, truly appreciate you taking the time to come on the show, and, and uh, just thank you so much for taking the time.
0: Sure, anytime. I'm happy, happy to come back whenever you need.
1: Well, I really hope you enjoyed hearing from Aaron about her experience aboard the Disney Wish Maiden Voyage. We got a chance to bump into her a few times on board and uh, it was just really great to meet her in person. Really great to have her on the show as always because she's so knowledgeable about Disney Cruise Line. You know, just love to bring you a diversity of perspective on the ship. And so obviously Aaron's thoughts on the ship in some places differed from ours and in some places didn't. So just love to have that diversity of experience on the show to help you make decisions about where you want to spend your cruising dollars. So with that, I do have another five-star review to read on the air this week. This one comes from MTP Flyers, who writes, Great episode. As an adoptive parent, I enjoyed you featuring a foster to adopt mom on the recent DCL podcast. I can relate to her stress with birth certificates. I listen every week. Thanks. Well, we love to bring those kinds of unique perspectives onto the show. We've got hopefully some shows coming up around special services and Disney Cruise Line and just some other kind of very topical shows for parents and things like that. So really looking forward to bringing you that content. We love to help serve the broader community and bring that, again, diversity of perspective onto the show to help folks plan their vacation. So with that, I do just want to thank each and every one of you out there for listening this week. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast so you can keep getting great content from the DCL Duo each week. Please also head over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us one of those five-star reviews. We really do love connecting with our listeners and reading the reviews. If you don't have time to leave us a written review, just hit those five stars over there. It really helps us out a lot. If you'd like to send us a question or be a guest on the show, please email us at dclduo at gmail.com or Reach out to us on social media at DCL Duo. You can also head over to our voicemail line, 402-413-5590. That's 402-413-5590. Leave us a message. We will play it on the air. Answer your questions, react to your comments, whatever you want. Just leave us a voicemail. We're getting ready to do a question and answer show, so we're encouraging folks to leave us those voicemails so we can read them on the air and answer questions. So head over there. Leave us a voicemail. Love that format. You can also connect with us on our DCL Duo vlog and podcast Facebook group if you'd like to join a Conversation with some like minded DCL Duo fans and cruisers like yourself. You can always help support the show by browsing to Patreon.com slash DCL Duo and choosing from one of our monthly support tiers. We really do appreciate each and every one of our Patreons out there. Or you can head over to www.mypathunwinding.com slash DCL Duo to book your next fabulous DCL vacation. Just let them know we sent you to help support the show. The DCL Duo podcast and blogger are not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney family of theme parks. The use Express on the show or solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Disney Company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL duo. Good night.